Hi, Patrick here. I'm back. A little bit sooner than I thought I'd be. But I thought you'd be interested in this. Something on the language of disability. That's something a lot of people are thinking about right now with the Paralympics on. There's an evolving lexicon of disability. And different languages have taken different turns as regards some of the choices. The BBC has guidelines on this. It's telling its journalists to use certain terms and not other ones. So you get uh, the term disabled person is what the BBC prefers over person with disabilities. And then there are the completely unacceptable terms, things like invalid and handicapped. And someone without a disability, they should be called non-disabled rather than able-bodied. Now, these are guidelines only for the English language, okay? But the BBC doesn't only put out programs in English, which leads to the question, how do you say something like non-disabled in Vietnamese or Portuguese or Russian. And if you do a literal translation, does it make any sense in, in the context of the local language or the local culture? Well, our friends at the BBC podcast, The Fifth Floor, they gave this one a crack. So over now to the BBC's David Amanor. To discuss this, we got three journalists on their starters blocks. First up is Andrei Kravitz from BBC Ukraine. I think the attitude, it's changing, but we have to bear in mind that Ukraine was uh, part of Soviet Union before 1991. And there is still this disabled stigma sort of on those people from still from all those Soviet times, because in Soviet times, it was very difficult for disabled people to live. So now the situation is changing and it's getting better and better, but very, very slowly. And in terms of language, there are still some terms which were used in Soviet Union, like you were mentioning the word in English invalid. But in our language, it's still a correct version to use when we describe disabled people. So, so invalid is the word. So just to give us a picture of the translation or the lost in translation, do say it in Ukrainian. Invalid. It's the same word. It's the yeah. same word, or because it's a French, it's a French word anyway. Okay. Or there is also now they've changed it, and now there is a saying. If I tr- translate it into English, it's people with limited abilities. So, how do disabled people in Ukraine today take to being called people with limited abilities rather than invalid? Well, I spoke, because is it not also <laughs> to be honest with you, we had, we had a conversation with the president of the Paralympic Committee, and he said that even though it's not in legislation yet, but he is an MP as well in the Ukraine in Parliament, and he will be pushing for the term people with disability, not disabled people, but people with disability. But in our guidelines, as I remember, the preferred version is actually disabled, not a person with disability. And what would you do with the able-bodied now? Because at the last Paralympics, of course... Don't the, even the... ask me that question. <laughs> it was total nightmare for us uh, to, to translate it. We had a big Into non-disabled. Argument. Well, not, not argument, but we had a big discussion <laughs> in our service because it was literally impossible. You know, there is no word non-disabled. But when you refer uh, able-bodied, you have have to be very careful. People with disability, they are also able-bodied in their own sense. So that's why it's really tricky how you say it in our language. As I said, we had a whole discussion and we still didn't find the answer, to be honest. It's, it's quite tricky. Let's bring in Shodio Saif from Central Asia, Uzbek service. And actually, Ibrat Safo from Central Asian service is also going to translate for Shodio. Um, Shodio, Tell me about your situation, because you're a journalist, but you also take part in disability sports. When you were a child, you got polio, and that affected you physically. Tell us how. Uh, Because one of my legs is shorter than the other and thinner, it's hard for me to uh, walk a lot or uh, or run. But, uh, But you can walk. 
I can walk, but not 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 as a as an able-bodied person. Is that the right word I'm using now? <laughs> able-bodied, non-disabled, non-disabled person. I'm really sorry. No, don't be sorry. But, this is uh, a fitful. Yes, uh, but uh, otherwise, I don't have any uh, problems. But you do take part in a sport now. What sport is that? Yes, sitting volleyball. Sitting volleyball. Yes. When you cover a Paralympic event, or if you cover disability sports as a journalist, do you think it gives you some advantage? Over other journalists, the fact that you've experienced being disabled. Of course, I think I definitely have an advantage over my colleagues uh, because uh, I'm constantly in that circle of people, people with uh, limited um, physical abilities. Because I take part in a lot of uh, sports for people with limited abilities, so it's easier for me. I have the advantage. So when you're going about doing your reports on the Paralympics, do you also find that you have to be careful about the language you use? Before, I didn't even pay attention to this uh, that much. Before, I started uh, thinking about covering Paralympics and coming to London. But now I've arrived here. I've learned the uh, BBC guidelines on how to report about the Paralympics. And there are such words that I have never actually uh, translated into Uzbek before. But now I have translated them into Uzbek. And now uh, I know that those are the words that I need to be using. Words like non-disabled, for example, non-disabled word, I translate in Uzbek in Konyate Cheklan Magen, which means which, which means oh. a person without uh, uh, limited capabilities, <laughs> but which the, you couldn't the, find in English. <laughs> we found it in Uzbek. I think they called it a string of floating signifiers when I was doing um, structural languages. <laughs> um, So it gets really complicated, doesn't it? Um, let's uh, bring in Tahir Kadri from BBC Persian TV. And one thing I have learned about um, Farsi and perhaps Dari languages, but Farsi is that there are usually a lot of ways of saying uh, one thing. So, how many different ways are there of saying disabled or describing somebody as disabled? Well, it has really an interesting story, at least for Afghanistan, because in Afghanistan, I mean in Persian, we have got few words. The first one is mayub, which means we literally, you know, the translation is a person with a defect, which has really bad connotation and bad meaning. So people have stopped using it over the last few years, at least in the newspapers and you know TV. So instead, they have replaced it with malul. Malul is, you know, a literal translation of disabled, really. Uh, so that one. But then, you know, they came up with lots of other ideas as well. Like recently in Afghanistan, newspapers have been using a word which is quite interesting: bright in the stomach. Bright in the stomach. Yeah, which signifies uh, which the blind. So bright. they are bright or light in the stomach. Okay, and another way of saying that would be what inner brightness. Yeah, brightness in the stomach. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's difficult to translate. Exactly, it's quite difficult. So a light, then, a light inside, a light inside. Exactly. Because in other cultures, so, of course, in many cultures, the stomach is a second brain anyway, yeah. so it's a second seer. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, okay. so yeah, newspapers have been using this term, but I should say that these terms are used, you know, by the elites and by the newspapers, so not by the ordinary people. So for everyday people, bright in the stomach is seen as politically correct. Yeah, PC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you get this guideline, um, a glossary of terms, saying things like, okay, use impairment, don't use affliction, use non-disabled person, don't use able-bodied. 
it's quite a challenge for all of you, actually, or all of you. It's easy for English languages, I mean, but yeah. it's completely different for other services, for language services, where we don't have such guidelines for our own languages. And sometimes we are limited <laughs> in the way we actually yeah. call all these things. So, Are we saying that it's something structural in the languages or is it, is it to do with stage of development, stage of liberal development? Is it to it's do, with, to do with the translation as well. For example, let me just tell you a, a story of mine when I was doing a report in Persian about this Afghan athlete. I was struggling, you know, what to use instead of for the non-disabled people. And then, you know, I was talking to all colleagues what we should use. And then finally I came up with the other people. So instead of the non-disabled people, mm -hmm. I used the other people. And then, you know, I was just talking to my line manager, to my colleagues and everyone. And they were saying, oh, yeah, this is a very good choice. Because sometimes it's to do with the translation. I know it, they make sense in English. But for us, I mean, especially in Persian, when you translate it, that doesn't make sense, really. Okay, and let's just briefly wrap up by asking you all where you think we'll be in 10 or 20 or 30 years' time on this issue. And just, just to set that, again, through the eyes of a child, I saw somebody saying that a, a child had suggested the name of the Paralympics. She read it as Power, the Power Olympics. Mm -hmm. So 20, 30 years' time, when that child is, has grown up, where do you think we will be on this issue of disability sports, Paralympics and the use of language? Andre? I think the issue will not disappear, obviously. Uh, it's part of our life. But it's good that we talk about and it's good that it's highlighted in BBC guidelines and so on. So I think we're moving in the right direction. Terry? Well, I think, yeah, I would say that, I mean, we will be discussing same things again, because especially, I mean, me coming from Afghanistan, reporting for Afghanistan with for 2 million people disabled, and hopefully it won't increase by then, because we are having like two, three people every day, you know, being disabled in the But country because of the landmines. Because of landmines, yeah, 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 the legacy of war. Exactly, in, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, we will be having this discussion, but especially in Afghanistan, because of the illiteracy, it's quite, you know, difficult to really implement, you know, this within the mindset of the people because people still don't agree on many of the things and people still see them as the burdens of the society and let me remind you that even in the schools I have seen that there are banners which says a sound mind is only in a sound body a sound body means you know non-disabled body so look look at the discrimination so if you see something like that in a school then how can you expect that things might change so rapidly so I think, you know, this so, will continue, but maybe maybe it will improve by then. So changing perceptions, but changing slowly and, exactly. and more, more slowly in some parts of the world than, than others. Shodio, is the Paralympics and our consideration of the use of language, can it enable a change in perception of disabled people? I think it definitely uh, will be important and it will change the perception of people, especially what the BBC uses. The terms that we use at the BBC are very important in places like Uzbekistan. There have been cases that we use a certain word and then the whole of Uzbekistan or the, the newspapers or media starts using the same word. So I think it will change perceptions. And you heard from BBC Uzbek reporter Shodio Saif, Tahir Kadri from our Persian service, and Andrei Kravitz from the Ukrainian section. Thanks also to Ibrat Safo for the translations, or attempted translations, between English and Uzbek. David Amanor of the BBC, and I'll post a link to that BBC podcast, The Fifth Floor. You can find that at theworld.org slash language. You can find me mainly on Twitter. My handle is patrickox, P-A-T-R-I-N. C-O-X. The pod is also on Facebook. There's a World in Words page. And if you have to email me, you can. I love abuse, by the way. 
but I love ideas for future pod topics even better. The email address is language at pri.org. More soon. Bye.